You have a dollar a minute. All right. They're probably more than that. So um, we've been talking about the fight to the finish and and the. From fear to fruit in Timothy, as he's been admonished to not have the spirit of fear in chapter one, the power of love and a sound mind, and uh, Timothy or Paul, I should say rather, is is uh, giving him his identity, so that he has got uh, what it takes to be successful in the gospel um, uh, ministry that he has before him. So I love, I do really enjoy this part of the Bible. So. Forgive me, this is a little un, untidy, but I'm just going to let it hang. Just pretend it's a bow tie. I'm just sticking it up. So, um, all right, so just by way of remembrance, we've, we talked about, and I'll, I'll probably will finish on, on our identities, the, the uh, nine things that, that resonate, really the eight things that come out of our being a son and, uh, in Second Timothy chapter uh Two, just by way of remembrance, uh, chapter one. I'm sorry, verse two. Paul introduces him as his dearly beloved son. Chapter two and verse one. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So he's need, needing him to be strong in grace. And we talked about last week how to be strong in grace. Um, all of your blanks are filled in by now, I believe. So uh, we left off on. Last week we picked up on faithful men need to be in samples, uh, personal samples like Paul, contemporary samples like Anesiphorus, and then um, we saw that faithful men need to be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. So I took some time and we looked at that, uh, talked about how uh, an acronym for grace is is God's riches at Christ's expense, and uh, we talked about uh, rest in who you are, which is really the theme, not what you do, uh, which is harder for us to do, especially men sometimes, because our identity is often what we do. Um, and that's why Paul takes the rest of the chapter to refresh Timothy on his identity in Christ as a son uh, and, and remind him of who he is as, as not just his son in the Lord, but a son of God. So being strong in grace doesn't mean that we work. It means that we trust God to bless the work we do, and there's a, there's a big difference. The rest of the chapter, uh, two, is an admonition on how to accomplish the work of the Lord. And so this is where we left off last week. The key to any relationship and having grace in a relationship. Do you remember what that is? You've slept since last week. But just common sense. The key to every relationship. What is the main ingredient you got to have for it to really work? Faithfulness. Faithfulness, yep. But that, um, that's not the word I'm looking for. But faith. I, I have faith is actually is one of the things. But just think about, like in a marriage, what, what do you got to have to... Communication. Yep. No. Well, grace is part of it, but it's actually trust. Trust. And so, and all of the things we've said, faith, communication, uh, even love. Love doesn't, it's hard to love people you don't trust, but you can still love people you don't trust. But but definitely, trust is important in a relationship uh, of grace. Um and so having grace in a relationship actually is trust, is my point. Um, and if you can't trust the other person, then who do you trust? You trust God. That's the key to Christianity. That's the difference between us and the world. So the world says, I don't trust them, so I have no relationship. We get to say, well, I trust God with them. And that's huge. Uh, and that will go a long way. 
uh, in the ministry, right? And so that's how you're strong in the grace uh, that's in Christ Jesus. All right, so that kind of gets us caught up. So let's just pick up the text. And this is somewhat of review anyway. Uh, I'm going to do, do a deeper dive in my next, uh, in my next lesson. Um, and so chapter 2, verse 1, Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And really I've been talking just about this principle. And the thing that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou... Two faithful men. So committing it to him is trusting them with it. Who shall be able to teach others also? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, no man that warth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Uh, can you trust him You know, with what you give him in the word? Can you trust him to fight faithfully? Soldiers got to be faithful, right? Uh, he's talking about faithful men. You got to be faithful with the word. You got to be faithful in the fight. Uh, and if a man strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully, will he do it according to the rules with integrity? Um, uh, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Right? Uh, if you don't plant corn, you don't get corn. If you don't get corn, you don't eat. And if you don't eat, you don't have any strength to keep planting corn. Right? So you gotta, uh, you gotta be first partaker of the fruit. Remember that the, that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. So we're just getting in on what Jesus Christ gave us, which is resurrection. Um, remember that Jesus, uh, verse nine, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So there's no stopping the word of God. Jesus suffered, will suffer. Uh, yea, all the live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So we're not better than our master, right? So if he endured affliction, we will as well. Um, Eleven, it is a it is a faithful. Um, oh, verse 10. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, uh, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, uh, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Uh, if we suffer with him, we also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. So here he rolls it all up, all that discussion about being a faithful man, a good soldier, uh, striving for the masteries, being a good husbandman, uh, and and suffering as an evildoer. All that's rolled up into, you know what, uh, I endure all these things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Jesus with eternal glory. And if, if a man, if we be dead with him, right, if we die to self, we're going to live with him. If we suffer, we're going to reign with him. But if we don't, well, he'll deny us. So now that doesn't mean we'll lose our salvation, of course. It just means that we're, we're not going to be getting an inheritance. So if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, and he cannot deny himself. Verse 13 is important. Um, and so he, if you're, if you're saved, you're saved, right? He's, gonna, he's, he's not going to deny himself because he's in us. And so uh, he says, look, Timothy, I need you to put these things, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. And I'll talk more about that later. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this text and the passage and where we're going here. We pray a blessing on the balance of our time and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Church of Galatia struggled with the concept of, of really knowing God's Word, learning of Him, exercising and believing God's Word, uh, and doing God's Word. So learning of Him, living for Him, and loving Him, right? Which is what we do here, uh, knowing, growing, and going. So the Church of Galatia struggled with the concept. In chapter 3, which I have in your notes, uh, the text there says in verse 2, This only what I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing of faith. 
uh, are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you're now made perfect by the flesh? And of course, we know the Galatians fancied, you know, a works-based, uh, they went back to the law and forsook grace. They weren't strong in the grace uh, that was in Christ Jesus, right? That's what Paul was telling Timothy. You've got to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And they went back to the law. So after being saved by grace, they wanted to return to the lesser standard of righteousness than Christ. That's the problem. It's not, as Paul teaches in Romans, it's not that the law is bad, but it's not as good as Christ, right? The law is not, Jesus fulfilled the law because he's better than the law. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. So it was not that the law is bad at all. It is perfect. So perfect that only Christ could keep it. So if you think the law is bad, you don't understand. The law is really good, but it's too good for us. But uh, Jesus is even better than that. Then that's the point. When we speak of being strong in grace, we recognize that we did nothing to earn God's favor. We simply love him because he first loved us. Likewise, we continue in that same grace, obeying him even when everything around us looks like it's going wrong, uh, which it does from time to time. So Paul was in jail. I was talking about that this morning, right? We win. In the end, we win. Right? No matter how it looks, we win. So Paul was in jail. The saints in Asia had turned on him because of men like uh, uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes. Um, and so, yeah, God's grace is sufficient because Paul's strength was made perfect and complete in weakness. So he was weak, uh, but uh, God was strong. And so, uh, Paul, when, that's amazing when you just look at the epistles written by Paul in the context of how and what was going on when he wrote them. Paul was not a man that was not acquainted with sorrow, right? But Jesus was acquainted with sorrow. And so Paul suffered, Jesus suffered. And Paul was encouraging even in the midst of his suffering. And so early in Paul's ministry, he learned to be strong in grace. In your notes there, I put 1 Corinthians 15.10. It says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, like Popeye. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. An interesting text there, right? So he's he's saying I labored, but it wasn't me; it was the grace that was in me. Um, you know, God gave him grace to do the labor. So uh, we don't get saved by works, but we're saved under good works. So God has work for us to do, but we still got to do that by grace and faith. Um, we can I don't do what I do because I'm, I can. I do it because God gives me the grace to do it, and we're all that way in the ministry. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Second Corinthians twelve. I have that in your notes in verse nine. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Right? So he's going through difficulties, unspecified. Some think it was blindness. Some think it was other. Th- it was a person. There's, there's uh, hypotheses out there. Uh, he says, But for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Uh, and so. Uh, so Paul is a situation where, um, you know, he's like, look, I'm complete in my weakness because God's grace is sufficient for me, right? The, the, the God, is, God is able to, to get done through me. His grace is sufficient uh, for thee. Um, and so uh, God is telling him, I've got what you need, and it's called grace. And so there, there has to be a resolve in the faithful man or woman of God to allow God to use both the good and the bad for his honor and glory. And so it's it's one thing to use the you know you actually oftentimes I will say this I was going to say this the other way but you know we always prefer good to 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 bad but I will tell you this and this is my own experience in life it is really much easier to deal with bad than it is good there's just a natural dependency upon the Lord when we do bad, when we go through not do bad things when we go through bad things difficult things loss difficulties health problems tragedy it just there's a there's a there's an innate 
like the old oxen, kneeling down, I can't go any further, you know, and, and, and appealing to God. Oftentimes, I think for most of us in this room, for sure. I would say, I would say that it's also probably more difficult, uh, oftentimes, to trust God for His grace when things are going good, right? When the bank account's full, the, 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 the barns are full, you know, it's easy to trust in the barn. It's easy to trust in, um, you know, whatever, other than God. Right, and so um, I do think we got to be careful uh, sometimes. I mean, right now there's a lot of "woe is me" in America, uh, but a lot of that's just mental. Really, honestly, a lot of it people don't really really know what hardness, is, what difficulties are compared to a lot of places. And don't get me wrong; they're really mentally difficult, whatever. But <laughs> it's not it's not it's not like you got to get up every day and try to find water to drink and a plate and food to eat for the day, and you don't have any other options beyond that day. That's the most of the world. There used to be most of the world and so and so difficulties vary depending on the culture you're in okay having said that um having a lot is not always easy either and when you're talking about staying close to god it brings its own burdens and um and so uh the point of me bringing that up is god's grace is sufficient not just when things are bad but also god's grace is sufficient when things are good we always need god's grace to get the work done um and so uh to whom much is given much is required so if you don't feel the responsibility of blessing and you don't have it you don't really get it you're missing it it takes grace to steward that so all right so i know you don't have all this in your notes that's why i left plenty of blanks so you can write down notes as you go because i know i had a lot more to say so here we go so humility turns grace on in your life this is really important humility turns grace on in your life this is really the key to getting the grace getting strong in the grace it's uh, the grace that we need is having humility so i'll say that again because it's not in your notes humility turns grace on in your life like flipping a switch is what i'm saying it turns you got to be careful in today's world when i say that but you know what i mean so humility is what empowers grace uh it turns it on uh in our life it's more important to have grace and be strong uh in the in it than it is to understand it what i just said it's more important to have grace and be strong in in that than it is to understand it more important to be to to have grace operational in your life than it is to understand how it operates so okay so it's like electricity right uh we want the opposite we want to know why and all this stuff mm -hmm. that's how we are that is how we are but you know we can study and learn about it all day and all the virtues all the sources and the attributes and and but there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's good to know positive and negative. It's good to know AC, DC, you know, whatever. There's nothing wrong with understanding electricity, so don't misunderstand me. However, um, Paul's given his final charge, and he needs Timothy to possess grace uh, beyond his salvation. He's not talking to Timothy about availing himself of the grace of, of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's not the grace he's talking about here. He's talking about the grace to serve the Lord. He's, he's beyond salvation. Now he's into service. And he's needing Timothy to make sure that he's availing himself of the power of God's grace, not just the knowledge of God's grace. Um, and that's, that's, an, that's an interesting thing to consider. He's talking about a walk that's powered by grace. And, and just to remind you, why am, I, why am I saying that is chapter 1 and verse 7. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of 
power and of love and of a sound mind. And electricity is a really good example because it is a spiritual medium. It's one of the few spiritual mediums that we actually operate with daily uh, in our in our world, right? I mean, mediums meaning that it's physical and it's spiritual. So we see the physical manifestation of electricity in our air conditioning, in our lights, in our audio systems, you know, everything, but we can't see it. But yet, without the power, we know it. It's not, you know, something is missing. If there's no lights, if there's no AC, if there's no audio, well, there's a lack of electricity. There's a lack of power. And same thing with grace. When there's no grace, you know, you may not be able to explain all of it. You may not be able to see it, but you know it's lacking because there's no power. God has given us this, not spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So if you take the macro, like I'm talking more on the individual servant level tonight, but you take what I'm talking about tonight and you apply it to what I said this morning. So there's whole cultures that get rocked out, out of grace, out of God, right? And countries, right? That's what I was talking about this morning with the advent of, of trauma and how you respond to it. Do you, do you look for God's grace? Uh, and not, not, I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about in the church. Right? Where, how do we how do we respond? Do we respond by running to the storehouse and grabbing all of our goods and trusting in that, or do we respond by going to God and saying, "God, your grace is sufficient. Help us through this." You know, um, and so those are things we all got to wrestle with. I got to wrestle with that as a leader for sure. And so, and it's not always easy because fear fear is the, the number one um, thing to stop anyone in anything. You know, if you're in a physical fight, you know, it's all about intimidation. You know, if you know anything about MMA, Conor McGregor is a master getting in people's heads. Uh, And so you try to win a fight before you even get in the ring, right? Or the octagon or wherever you're at, the round, you know, wrestling, same way, you know. Um, And it's, it's, a lot of it is spiritual. And it's, it's having that power that avails of Christ that gets us through everything. Okay, so, um, if grace were electricity, Paul is desiring Timothy to be 483 phase, right? That, that's what he's saying. I, I, need you to, I need you to be a powerhouse, Timothy. I, I need you to be able to run some things here. I don't need you to be a 110 single phase. I mean, nothing wrong with 110, but I need you a 483 phase because i got some work for you to do. He wants him to be uh, the powerhouse and not a conduit either. He's looking for him to be a source of, 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 uh, of faith for others, not just a, a conduit. And so... The scripture is full of information about what grace is and what grace does and where grace comes from. But if you want to open the, the floodgate of grace in, in our lives, there's a few simple passages that turn the switch on. And I believe this is one of them. First um, Peter 5, which is in your notes. You're not going to be shocked. Uh, verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Uh, yea, all, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So where's the grace going to flow? In the humble. If you want that channel open, then get humble and the grace will flow. Humble yourselves, therefore. What is therefore there? Because right, you got to see what it's there for. Under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so, um, you know, why should we humble ourselves now? Because there's coming a time when you'll be exalted. And so, when is the time to humble ourselves? Well, now, right? And so, uh, now is the time to be humble, and now is the time to avail ourselves of the grace of God, uh, because uh, we need it. So, James 4, 6, the last verse that we have here, and we'll be concluding, it says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 
And uh, do you want to? Do you want to? You want God's resistance? You know. You you know. You call that. Um, uh, that's what heat is in an electrical sense. It's resistance. <laughs> it's uh, uh, you don't want resistance here. In this case, God giveth more grace. Wherefore he he resisteth the proud, and he giveth grace to the humble. He heats up the proud. He he's up tossing them in the burner. <laughs> so um, and so, uh, but he gives grace to the humble, right? And so. Um, if we ever, if we if we have every intention of taking things that we have learned and leaving them to the next generation, we have to be strong in grace that's in Christ Jesus. So as we close uh, tonight, um, we want to end in verse one, which is where we started. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter one and verse one, where we started the whole text, not chapter two and verse one, where he says, "Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God." according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. So Paul starts off the the book that way. He opens with the promise of life in Christ Jesus. Chapter 2 opens with the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So we don't want to miss that. There's a promise of life that's in Christ Jesus. Um, And, of course, he found that. His mother had it. Lois Lois and Eunice had that. Um, Paul had that. Timothy had that. But he also needs the grace... That he needs uh, in that in that that is found in Jesus Christ to do the ministry, uh, to strive, right, to be a, a workman that need not to be ashamed, to be trusted with all the things that Paul's getting ready to throw on him as he, uh, you know, gets ready to go to heaven himself. And so, if we're going to get the promise of life we have in Christ Jesus to those who need to hear it the most, we must be strong on the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So, if we're going to be fruitful, we've got to follow uh, the uh, examples uh, and touch, taste, and feel the examples. Right? So, we, we talked about that last week. We had examples. Uh, that we need to follow, and we've got to touch, taste, and feel the samples in our life so we can be encouraged in God's grace. The reality is that, that uh, we don't have to wait until we die to, and go to heaven to avail ourselves of the riches of, of Christ because they already exist in the relationships you have in the body of Christ, which is a perfect way to end tonight as we get ready to have the Lord's Supper next Sunday morning at 1030. Right, the most as I mentioned this morning, and I honestly am not smart enough to coordinate this. My last point was the importance of relationships. Right, the the, the final warning to Pharaoh: What did he lose above finances, above uh, all those other uh, points that I brought up? Is that ultimately he lost his relationship with Moses. Moses stomps out of that place mad at him, and Moses has been kind through nine plagues and been uh, availed himself at Pharaoh's beck and call whenever Pharaoh repented and wanted Pharaoh uh, Moses back in his court, Moses showed up. And now, Moses says, you aren't going to see me anymore, and I'm out of here. And that was indicative of, of if not seeing Moses anymore was not seeing God, because as far as God was concerned, the only, only thing he was going to see of God was Moses. Moses was the ambassador. He was the spokesman. And so, as we think about that, if you're the only Bible some people read, as they say, right, man, we need to be full of grace, because, uh, you know, when you think about ending a relationship with someone if uh, now obviously it's not, I don't want to put undue burden on everybody but we do have a responsibility to reconcile people to Christ and so um, so you know if people end the relationship with us and they don't find another uh, good ambassador it could be indicative of their relationship with God not only in time but eternity as it was the case with Pharaoh
right? So his last dealings with Moses really end up becoming his last dealings with God, which ultimately results in death. Not just physical, but of course spiritual death as well. So, not to, you know, kind of end on a negative note. So Dave Pierce came a couple weeks ago and I don't remember exactly what I was preaching on, but uh, him and Ann were telling it's uh, bedtime stories with Brian, which is kind of what he means is, man, Brian, you're heavy. So don't mean to be heavy, but uh, it is what it is. We got grace, and praise the Lord for that. Uh, but we also got to be good stewards of it, right? And so um, I think I've exhausted that topic. So from fear. Uh, to fruitfulness. We'll talk more about the fruitfulness as we work through. I'll go back through and we'll take a little bit more time and and camp out on these different attributes and then finish up chapter 2 and how we go about uh, distributing the grace of God. All right. Any questions, comments? Yes, Ron. Uh, No no service next week? No No service next week. So on fifth Sundays we take the Sunday off. So enjoy your time with your family and uh and rest if you're a child of uh, if you got children's uh ministry responsibilities you don't have it at nine o'clock next week so that's a that's a a rest so we we that's one of the reasons we went to 